0: If you're new with us, if you've only been, if it's your first time, if you're joining us online for the first time, uh, you've hit us in kind of a different series for South Point. Uh, Normally, we just kind of will grab a book and walk through it and spend a long time there. Um, But we said several weeks ago, we're going to start talking through this idea of straining towards the goal. And so if you're new, know that, heads up, you kind of hit us in a spot where we're talking about raising money to do some things at the church. And I know if you're new with us, You're like, we came at an awkward time. But we are glad that you were here, and we're going to continue talking about that today. Today, we are going to talk about the part that you play within straining towards the goal. And here's how I want to kind of show what this looks like. This church has a long history of playing a part in being the church. I've got some picture time with you this morning. In 1995, a group of people from Heritage Baptist Church had purchased some property and they decided to build the church that you are currently sitting at or currently watching from. And so this is them, 1995. <clears throat> you can tell it's a little, uh, not a lot of people wear ties when they start digging. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gather this was the groundbreaking ceremony. But this is the ground where you're, you're sitting right now. A group of people came together and said, we're going to do this. And so early in the year, uh, they started work. Uh, You can go to the next one. We're just going to kind of walk through. This is literally, you're sitting in this spot right now. Uh, There's the Umber's house back there. It looks a little different. Uh, You can go to the next one. And what you'll see, these are all church members. These are all people from the church pouring the concrete. You can go to the next one. You see the metal being put up there. This was done by the church itself. Um, we can kind of keep going, you'll keep seeing, here's some of the inside, just these are church members hanging out, having fun, putting that terrible floor down, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bitter, uh, there you see a little bit completed on the outside, um, and then uh, Stan Lee, he made a cameo, um, I really thought that looked like Stan Lee, that's why I included that picture, um, this is them kind of being bust in, you see, the, that's what our auditorium used to look like, Yeah, we've we've come a ways. Um, (laughs) And then this is them actually being bussed in for their first service at the church. Um, And then there's a couple more. That's what our lobby used to look like. Praise God, it looks different. (laughs) And that is their first service. That's what it used to look like. Obviously, things look a little different in this setting right now. But if you walk outside and you walk to our kids' area, some of that still looks the same with 25 years of age added to it. And so that's why we said, hey, why are you going to do this in the middle of COVID? And we just said, look, something can always come up. We're going to be faithful. God has been faithful with his people, and so we're going to continue to walk forward. So 25 years after that, I get to see it back there. You can look there. 25 years after that, I want us to ask the question, what role do you and I play in what we're talking about here? And I wanna walk through some areas where we most definitely have a role to play, and the first one is this, first you pray. Now I'm not gonna preach all of last week's message over again, you're getting a whole different one this week, Um, but I wanna give some reminders and I wanna celebrate some things. Last week we said we need to have big prayers. We need to have prayers that are bigger than just the things that we think that we can do. We need to have big faith-based prayers. And people have been praying big prayers, and I'm not giving names or anything like that in these stories, but I just want to say, God is already, I've already had people come up and say, man, God already opened this door where we're going to be able to do something. God did this, and we're going to be able to do something. Big prayers are being answered, and so we keep praying big prayers. We need to have biblical prayers. Like, everything that we do in this, man, it's got to come from God's Word. It's got to point people back to God's Word. It's got to point people back to the Gospel. All of this has to be biblical And as I've talked with different people, one of the things that's come up over and over and over again is people said, I love that we're doing this debt-free. Because when I look at scripture, that's what I find. And we said, hey, we want to be biblical within this. And so we pray a big biblical prayer. We say, God, keep us centered. May this never be about us. May it always be about your glory. And then we pray bold prayers. I love what God does in the lives of the entire church. So we were talking weeks ago, we're like, how do we get our our students and our kids' ministry involved in this? Because they're a part of the church, too. We clap for them every week as they run out. And I love that they're growing and hearing about God's word and hearing about what God does and who he is. Like, how do we get involved with that? And then we had someone that donated all these coupon books to us. And our kids are boldly out there. Like, if you saw, if you're friends with me on Facebook, Logan made a video this week. Now, for him, that's not as bold a thing. He will get on video at any moment of his life. Um, But then he's talking to adults at school and people are buying things. And so just know if you are interested, if you're looking for stocking stuffers, things like that, talk to one of our kids, talk to one of our students. They'll pay for themselves really quick. That was a bid there. Um, But it's really cool to watch everyone get involved in this. And no matter what your age is, no matter what your status is in town, no matter what you do for a living, occupation, single, married, anything, every one of us can do this. Every one of us can go before God and pray big, biblical, bold prayers. This is one that our entire body can come together on. And speaking of body, the next thing that we're going to do to play a part is we're going to use the gifts that God has given us. Amen. Use the gifts that God has given you. So look in First Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 14, you can follow along on the screen or in your Bible, your phone, however you like We're going to be in chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 14 through about 20. Paul wrote this, he said, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would there be a sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would its sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, there, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We are a body of many parts. And sometimes when it comes to this, like I think Paul gets so detailed in that. Like, how often do you see in Scripture, just all these references to ears and smell and nose and all this kind of stuff. I think he did that very intentionally because there are times you can look at the part that you play and go, it's not as important. Please never do that. Like, sometimes people will look at what I do and go, there's no way that I could do that. Like, I enjoy getting up in front of people and talking. I will do this all day long. And for most people, that is terrifying, right? Like it's considered the greatest fear in America, public speaking. I'm thankful that I was gifted for this. It makes my job a lot easier. When some people look at that and go, there's no way that I could do that. And so I don't, I don't play as big a part. And sometimes we look at the band and, and the unbelievable gifts of vocals and playing instruments and go, man, I, I can't do that. So I just, I don't, I don't play as big a part. No, do not sell yourself short. God has gifted each and every one of us and every single one of us come together with the gifts that God has given you. And we make up this beautiful, beautiful body. And here's what I love within this. He says, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. This is a culmination of all of our stories coming together into South Point Church. This is the beauty. God, you are not living in 2020. You are not here this morning physically by chance. You are not watching online by chance. Here's the beautiful part of our body. We are now one body in many places. We've got people at home. We've got people in other states. We've got all these stories coming together. God arranging them like your story is important in this. It's not by happenstance. So my story, three years ago I, I was on this stage I was sitting in a chair, and, and I was jacked up. <laughs> Some of you were there for that, Some of you, a lot of you are new. Um, whenever I came to South Point, uh, the weekend before my final interview, I decided to like, you know, let's just total my wife's car. And uh, break bones in my body, like I broke a collarbone, fractured both my ankles, I had a terrible concussion, There memory loss and all that stuff. And I remember the executive pastor, Matt Taylor at the time, calling and saying, hey, do you, are you sure you still want to come this week? I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm here for the pity vote. Like, it's great. Like, so I hobbled up here and <laughs> in December 1st of just a couple weeks, it'll be three years of my family and I being a part of South Point. I've absolutely loved it. And so our story becomes a part of this. Some of your other stories, Carl and Amanda, y'all came around that time. It came from Reno, Nevada. And they said, what place is just like Reno, Abilene?" <laughs> we had been there months before that. Came here, God uses them in big ways. The O'Briens, you know, let's go from Chicago to Sweetwater. <laughs> They're the same. Other, we've got so many military. You got new orders and it brought you to Abilene. Some of you watched online and joined. Some of you were invited by a friend. But your story becomes a part of God arranging us exactly how he wants. You're not here by happenstance. And you've been given unbelievable gifts and thank you so much for being a part of the body. Because everyone that looks at me and says, man, there's no, no way that I could do what you do. Right now, we've got workers in our kids' area, and there's no way that I could do what they do. I'm going to go and talk to our kids' ministry about the idea of straining towards the goal as soon as I'm done in here. And I know as soon as I walk in, my wife's going to remind me, these are children, not adults. Um, Because I have a tendency to talk over their heads. But I, I, I love that God has gifted people like my wife right now that's over there. All of these gifts, all of these parts coming together to represent this body known as South Point Church. And so, use the gifts that God's given you. One, use the gift of time. Every single one of us, when we leave this place, will have the exact same number of seconds to do with our day as everyone else. We all have been given this gift of time. Use it to serve the body. Use it to do, get plugged in with the ministry. If you're not serving somewhere at South Point, we say, hey, this is a place where we get involved, we love, and we serve in our kids, serve with our students, our band, media, on and on and on, our cat team, Prayer team, pantry, we've got places for you to serve, so use the gift of your time. Use the gift of whatever your service is. You saw in those pictures people building this building, Now we're not having to do all of that, but there will come some times where you know what? It will save us some money, some of the things that we want to do in our kids' area, the floor, putting some carpet down, putting some flooring down. We can do that. If we come together, like, that will save us a whole lot of money, and it's an opportunity. I want pictures taken throughout the entirety of this so that 25 years from now, people will look back and go, look what they're wearing. Well, for one. Um, But also, it just is a reminder that, you know what, 25 years from now, hopefully we're still doing things like this. Hopefully, we're still growing and doing, and it can just serve as a reminder. And so, use the gifts that you have. Like, some of you are unbelievably handy. We've got those people in our church. Use those. And we are all blessed, so let's use that as well. Which leads us to the next thing, the next fun thing. Uh, We play a part financially. Oh, everybody's like, oh, he said said money. I've told y'all that I consider this like the elephant in the room. It's like, yeah, it's there. And I've told y'all before, there's times where this gives me angst. Because I'm like, man, people are going to think we're just a money-grabbing church, and all they want is money, all they talk about is money. I don't feel like we talk about it that often. Someone said to me one time, y'all talk about it every week. We're talking about the offering. Yes, I set that up every single week. That doesn't count. But this area is one that in times has given me angst, and I'm thankful for people praying over that, and I'm thankful that, hey, I'm not ashamed in this because I'm finding it in Scripture. And so in 2 Corinthians couple pages over. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. He says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means and of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. This is a group of people. This is a story, and you kind of have to know some geographical history in this. He talks about Macedonia. It's kind of a northern Greece province at the time, and it was an area that, man, they had had invaders come in. They had all these different things happen. It was the poor part of the country, and yet this group of people, what Paul's talking about here is they heard there are saints in another place that are in a worse spot than us. And they came together and they said, man, we see this as an extension of God's grace and we want to pour that grace out on everyone. We want people to know the gospel. We want people to have their needs met. We don't want to see people hurting. And so they began to give and they gave of what they had Then they gave abundantly. And it says even in their affliction, in their poverty, they said, we see this as an expansion of the gospel. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room and so when we talk about this if you've been here for a while, you've probably heard me reference this. I have a little different view when it comes to giving. Um, I've only really done, I think, two sermons that were completely related to giving. And I remember the first one. I said this. I grew up in church. I grew up hearing about the word tithe. I heard 10%. Like, I grew up with that. I went into ministry. And it was very much, man, you've got to talk about this. people got to give. You've got to talk about this. And then I read through Scripture. And here's what I find. I see Jesus use the word tithe once, but he's referring to the Pharisees who were practicing Old Testament practices, and then I don't see it anymore. And so I don't see tithing, that 10%, as a New Testament principle. And I always make this joke. If you are new, you go, did he just say we don't have to tithe? This is my church. Like, spirit's moving. I like this place, but wait. Wait. Uh, one of the reasons I don't just go with the 10% is because if you really study Old Testament giving practices, tithe was just one portion of a much larger circle. There were offerings that you made to different sacrifice times. There were offerings you made to different festivals. There were offerings that you made when you had children. It amounted to about 25% of, the, of a person's income. Um, do we want to go that way? <laughs> That's where people go, oh, well, let's take a step back. Um, but when I look in the New Testament, here's what I find. I find the gospel. And I see these people looking at giving as a way of extending the gospel and God's grace to other people. And here's what I know about the gospel. The gospel calls for more. The gospel calls us to love deeply, even when you don't want to. You've been in a spot where it's difficult to love? I know I have. I have prayed deeply this week about that. The gospel calls us to forgive more. How many times? Like seven, right? No, way more. The gospel calls us to extend grace more. The gospel calls us to greater obedience. When I see the gospel, I never want to sell it short in any area because it has called each and every one of us to more. The gospel requires much of us. And so when it comes to the area of giving, if it's 10% for you, and you pray through that, and we'll look at that in a second, Amen. If you go, hey, this is something I want to be more, okay. But this is what I see. I see these people giving to extend God's grace to other people. And when it comes to finances, when it comes to our finances tied in with the gospel, do you want to know what you love? Go look at your bank account. My family loves Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we love gospel birds. You look at your bank account and you see where you're sending your money and you will find where you love. Man, I hope that we love the gospel. I hope we love God's grace being poured out and passed on to others. And so when it comes to this, yes, we play a, a part financially. And then just look a little bit over Second Corinthians chapter 9. In verse 6 it says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He is distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. We have been called when it comes to giving, hey, this is a soul-searching moment. Of We say, hey, what do I feel God leading me to do in this? And then we do it cheerfully. Please hear me on this. When it comes to giving, when it comes to giving above and beyond, because that's really what this is about. Like, when it comes to what we talked about just a moment ago, when it comes to giving, if you've never stepped out, and we, we unapologetically, because we find it in Scripture, we say that's an act of worship, it's an act of obedience. And it's an area that I know a lot of people go, man, that is a hard thing for me to step into. I get that. But yet we're called to it. And so if you've never given in that way, just in normal giving to a church, so that goes to a greater purpose, I want to challenge you in that. You can test God in it because Scripture says you can. God's, that's like the only area where God goes, you test me in this and see what I do. And so if you've never taken that step, man, I would, we, we've talked about different things like generosity ladders and things like that of, hey, if you've never done that, take that step of faith. And then this, as those believers in Macedonia did, it said they gave abundantly and beyond what they had. This is about the beyond. This is about the, hey, we're going to continue to give, but hey, we're going to set aside something and give beyond that. Because what we can't have happen in this is everyone go, yeah, we're just going to give towards, straining towards the goal. And then I got to sit down with the staff and go, well, it was a good run. Um, We turned the lights out or something like that. So this is about a little bit more than that. And this is also about giving cheerfully. This is about conviction, not emotion. Because if we wanted it to be about emotion, we could do that. I could get the kids to ministry together, make them look homely, sit them next to the accordion walls that are ratty looking, play some Sarah McLachlan, probably Arms of an Angel. And for 32 cents a day, you can make a difference in this child's life. Like, we could do that. We are not. I could be pretty persuasive also. Man, I I was a comm major for a long time. I've taken classes on persuasion, argument, and debate. I can be pretty persuasive if I want to. How do I know that? Most of our staff said no the first time I asked them to come on with us. They're here. (laughs) I I can get up and do some emotional things and be persuasive, and it could turn from a conviction thing to an emotion thing if I wanted to be persuasive. I found out I was not because I lost the dog battle um yesterday unto us a puppy was born um that's not a doberman so i'm going to take a different persuasive action and just raise money and get it myself um but this is not about being overly emotional this is about a heart-filled conviction thing this is something that you sit down and you pray so this week whitney and i we we sat down in a room and we said hey let's Let's talk about what what part we play in that. And so we looked at finances and we looked and said, hey, this is going to require this, but here's what what we're going to commit to do. And this is one you sit down and you pray and you see when it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Make that your prayer to start. And then, Think through, okay, what, what is my heart saying in this? And here's the final thing. Uh, giving takes sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6, it says, Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, when we say sacrifice, we're not talking Old Testament here. Like, there's not going to be animals out back. Don't, don't worry about that. But when we talk about this, it is going to require sacrifice from us, and so we think through, okay, what does that look like in my life? Okay, Maybe it's a cup of coffee. Maybe instead of getting a cup of coffee one day, you say, hey, I'm going to set that aside for a greater gospel-driven purpose, and that adds up. <laughs> I know when I go to Starbucks, my coffee is a little bit cheaper than my wife's and probably most of y'all's. I drink my coffee black the way God intended it. Um, and I am I'm stepping all the toes. That people are literally holding frappuccinos right now. But maybe, it's, maybe that's an area of sacrifice. Maybe it's going out to eat one night a month. Average family, I mean, my family goes out to eat and we sit down, it's like 50 bucks to, to eat at a restaurant. Maybe instead there's a sacrifice there and maybe you have dinner at home and you talk as a family about this and why we're doing it. This becomes a way of teaching our kids and teaching our families of what we're doing. Not saying you gotta go get a side job or side hustle or anything, but you know, unless God convicts you there. But like, what sacrifice do we make in this? Like what area of our life do we look at? And again, you wanna know what you love, look at your bank account. What area of your life do you look at and say, you know what, for 24 months, 24 months, I'm gonna sacrifice so that somebody's neighbor out here can hear the gospel. I'm going to sacrifice so someone's family member can know about a church where they're going to preach the gospel every week, where they're going to hear about the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. Man, we sing, we sing about him every week, but man, it was just the spirit was on heavy today. We serve an amazing, amazing God. Amen. Like when you read and you look at what Jesus did and the life that he lived, and that we talked about last week, as he sat in a garden on the other side of the world one night, with sweat rolling off his body, blood pouring out of his sweat, that's how much angst he was under, and he prayed, not only for these that know me now, but for the ones that are going to hear about me through them. That's a big, bold prayer. And that's one that Jesus could pray, because then he made it possible for us to have reconciliation. The next day he went to the cross and he laid down his life. And three days later, he was raised from the dead, defeated death, and made it possible for you and I to know grace and mercy. He made access to God's holiness possible for a broken world. That's what I want people to know. And when I think about his grandeur, when I think about his sacrifice, (laughs) I'll let you think about it too. That's big, so play your part. When you leave this place today, be in prayer. Throughout the week, be in prayer. Pray as an individual, pray as a family, pray with your kids, pray with parents, and then think, hey, what part am I going to play in this big adventure? Let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you for all the things that you are doing I thank you for the things that you're doing in our church, and God, again, thank you for your spirit being poured out in us, and God, I'm so unbelievably thankful for it this week. As I prayed this morning, God, I don't know how people walk through these times without you, and I know there are people out there who are doing it. I can't imagine, the God, the pain that would be there. So if that's you today, if there's never been a point where you've said, hey, I want to be a follower of Christ. Every time we talk about Jesus, something just stirs in you. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're watching online. Know this. There's a loving God who sent his son to pay the price for your sin and my sin. And it's only through him that we find forgiveness. And it can be personal. Personal. And if you've never done that and you want to start that today, man, it's praying God, as best as I know how, I want to come to you. I want to turn away from my old life, and I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and follow him. And in that instant, the Bible says you're made into a new creation, and there's spiritual regeneration, and God, it's amazing. And if that was you today, man, we want to celebrate that. I'd encourage you talk with one of our pastors, send something in online like we want to celebrate changed lives and what God is doing. And God, I pray that you will just be with us this week. God, you've gifted us in such amazing ways, and God, I'm just thankful for this body. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.